Kia ora. welcome to Under the Checkered Flag, MotoGP edition. I'm your host Kate, and we're just going to jump right in. I can't believe we have made it. We are finally, finally back to race week. We're at Silverstone this week, and I'm super excited. There is a downside for me in the fact that I'll be watching the race at 1.30 in the morning and going straight to work afterwards because I won't be able to get back to sleep this week because it's been so long. My adrenaline will be pumping. And so, yeah, it is what it is. I'll be very tired on Monday, but that's what happens when you love MotoGP as much as we do. So where shall I start? Let's start with the tire regulations that are coming in. So. It's been talked about all year. The rules and regulations were introduced at the start of the year for safety purposes. However, they haven't been enforced. So we got the news maybe last week that these rules will be being enforced from Silverstone. Long term, if teams or riders break these rules, they will be disqualified from the race. They will get the infamous black flag. However, as far as I'm aware, my understanding is they will be using a penalty system in the meantime, so uh, sort of like a grade scale, first offence, second offence, or similar. In fact, I'm going to look it up. Bear with me one moment. I found it. I had to have a peruse through the new MotoGP website, which they've removed the photos section from, which I'm taking personally, because if you're watching the video format of this, I always throw pictures up of whatever I'm talking about from the MotoGP website, so now I'm gonna have to harass some photographers and I hope they in turn harass Dorna for me, because obviously I'm getting nowhere with my harassment against Dorna. I'm pretty sure they've probably just blocked me and I can't go to Spain. But I hadn't planned on going to Spain anytime soon anyway. Maybe I'll go to Italy instead and take lots of photos and send them to Dorna for no apparent reason and no one would really care. But I digress, I apologise, I got off topic there. Back to the tyre pressures. <laughs> so the scale for the penalties for tyre pressures is as such. First offence is a warning, which I imagine Jack Miller is going to get as soon as he takes off from the start line. Second offence is a three second time penalty. Third offence is a six second time penalty. And fourth offence is a 12 second time penalty. It will be quite interesting to see how quickly Jack Miller manages to cook those tyres with these new rules. Considering we'll be at Silverstone, I imagine he'll get a warning there, or a penalty there. I think he'll get one at Austria. In fact, I think that by the Indian GP, we're probably going to see Jack Miller getting a black flag for cooking those tyres. <laughs> you know, provided the Indian GP goes ahead, which is a topic that I'll touch on later. So. Obviously, these are quite controversial rules. The riders and the teams do not want them implemented. Um, the tyre manufacturer Michelin says it's for safety. And because they said the word safety, it means that the rules got to be implemented. It's the one thing that everything, everyone jumps on in MotoGP and all racing series. If there's a risk of harm, we will jump on the rules. However, both the teams and the riders, as I said, have been a bit sceptical about this because the varied amounts of the pressure 
changes so dramatically in the race and it's part of what makes the riders be able to ride the way they do or something similar so they believe it's going to lead to more crashes and i do think that only time will tell because the riders are going to be on a very delicate balance hopefully we all knew this was coming so they did outline it at the start of the year hopefully the teams have been gathering all that data obviously ducati is going to have a lot more data than everyone else but hopefully they've been using all that data to figure out where they need to run those tires because i don't want to get to silverstone and we have a repeat of portimao although there were lots of issues there i want to see all my riders on the grid at some point this year it's looking less and less likely but yeah so we know on that note as it were we know alex rins is out for silverstone so his social media is showing him still training and things like that although he did get married in a lovely wholesome wedding ceremony based on the social media posts and actually so did luca marini he looks like they got married on the same weekend which is very wholesome and very cute and actually that weekend looked like it was very busy for moto gp riders because we had joanne mir welcoming a lovely baby as well so congratulations all around to all of those people and i digress yet again i apologize let's get back on topic to the actual racing so alex runs we know like i said isn't racing in silverstone he's still got his broken leg and still has those injuries so they're putting in Ika Lukanoa again. I apologize. I'm getting better each time at pronouncing his name. I've only ever pronounced it in my head, not out loud, which is where I'm starting to struggle. And I think this is particularly a curious placement because he was supposed to be competing in Suzuka, I believe. I don't really follow Enduro all that much. Um, so it may be Suzuka, it may be somewhere totally different. But the point is, they're having to replace him over there to put him into MotoGP. This says to me that they are possibly, Honda that is, considering him for a position next year or in the next couple of years in MotoGP. We've all seen the rumours flying around of Alex Rins moving to Yamaha. So Rins does have a clause in his contract saying that if he gets offered a factory ride, he can take it. It's an exit clause because he is on a satellite team and I think he'll be seriously considering it, which would be a massive blow to Honda because Alex Rins has been the only one to even show any hope of riding that Honda to Marc Marquez levels. Even Marc Marquez hasn't been showing hope of riding it to Marc Marquez levels. So if Alex Rins does take that opportunity, which I think he would be quite silly not to, then it will be very interesting moving forward to see how the dominoes fall in that regard because you've got Ayagura moving up from Moto2, you've got Alex Rins possibly going to Yamaha and then Takanakagami, is he going to stay on the bike? I personally think they probably need him on that bike still. Yes, he's, you know, nearer the back of the grid. But that's where the Honda's supposed to be at the moment, given the state it is in. He's riding it to make sure he doesn't crash. Whereas the other three riders are crashing and injuring themselves. It's been a horror show. So it'll be interesting to see, does Takanakagami go as well as 
Alex Rins because then you do have those two spots at Honda. You'd have Ayagura, I imagine, moving up, and you'd also have possibly Lukanoa moving in. And it will be quite exciting because I enjoy seeing him, Lukanoa, on a bike. He's just fun to watch ride. I really like his riding style. And he's quite fun to have in the paddock because he's always so smiley. It's got like a Petrucci vibe. You know, wholesome. I love me some wholesome, as we all know. So, other than that, I think we're getting all the riders back. So it'll be as close as we've come since Portimao, when obviously Paul um, had his horrific accident. And we saw this week also that Paul has been declared fit, which is so exciting. I'm going to be as nervous as everyone else, but he's been training on the bike on his off days. And yeah, I just want to see him finish a race, to be honest. I just want to see him on that bike and back in the garage. I hope we get lots of content showing him on the grid and yeah, just around the paddock because we've missed it. And I hope we get to see some good banter as well because he's such a funny guy. And it's one of the things I'm definitely looking forward to the most about Silverstone. And so, yay! The wait has almost been worth it. Although I am very sad that we're not going to see a full grid of all our riders. Which, yeah, is really frustrating. Hopefully we do get it by the end of the year. But given the rate of injury, it is one where I'm not going to be holding my breath. Other news we got this week was that Cal Crutchlow is going to be making a wildcard entry later in the year. Also, super wholesome because I absolutely love it when the older riders come back in and make what I call guest appearances. It's just, it brings back some really nostalgic vibes, which I'm all for because it just adds an extra element to the racing and more development style things. So. It's just, yeah, one of the things I really like overall from MotoGP that we get to see these. You don't see it in ma many other racing series, so it's definitely something I always look forward to, and especially when I was on the Pedrosa hype train earlier this year, and I know we'll be, I'll be able to get back on that hype train later in the year, because he is also so wholesome. I think the one rider I wish I could watch actually race again is Casey Stoner because yeah that one's probably never gonna happen um we saw him at Goonwood recently and that was pretty much enough for me to be fair because yeah the things that guy could do on a bike and I'll always be disappointed that we never got the Marquez Stoner battle because I imagine that would have been absolutely incredible I think it would have been one of the best series uh, series seasons of all time we're talking you know actually no let's not bring that up in a podcast just yet i think i'll need to take a week off social media when i talk about 2015 <laughs> so something else i'm really looking forward to this weekend is moto 2 obviously jake dixon it's gonna be absolutely awesome to see it's gonna be english British hype train all the way. That much I know for sure. Oh, my music stopped. Okay, Google, keep playing. Got my background music going on. There it is. It's back. I don't actually know how much, 
how loud it is until I'll actually listen through to this, which I listened through at the end. So that'll be quite interesting to see if you couldn't hear the music in the first place and you've just heard me talking to Google for no reason at all. So yes, as I was saying, oh, I'm going on a lot of tangents today. Jake Dixon, I think he said himself, this is just the start of how good he can be. And I really hope that's the case. I really hope he pushes through. Um, and I hope he wins Silverstone because my goodness, can you imagine the vibes that'll be happening around the track? The vibes that'll be happening at my house. I'll be having a little party at, you know, 11 p.m. on a Sunday night when I've got work the next day. I'll be drinking my energy drink. If an energy drink company wants to sponsor this podcast, you are more than welcome to. But for now, I just buy whatever's on sale because I'm poor like that. So yes, I'm really hoping Dixon gets, you know, a really good result. Even if it's not a win, I want him on that podium. He's got the skill. I just hope he doesn't crack under the pressure, which is so easy to do when they these guys are on the bikes. And girls, sorry. When these pilots are on the bike, it is so easy for them to crack under pressure and he will be feeling the pressure this weekend. I have absolutely no doubt about that. And so that's, yeah another dynamic that I'm going to be enjoying watching this weekend. Obviously, if we do get the news that Triumph is joining MotoGP, which I'm still doubtful is the news because, you know, that would require Donna doing something incredible. And I hope I'm eating my words this time next week. I really hope I'm eating my words because, wow, wow, that would be incredible. But, yeah, that would be so amazing. That plus Dixon winning, oof, it'd Everyone would just be flying their British fri- British pride flags high. Didn't expect that one to be a tongue twister. Heck, even I'd be happy to be British for like half an hour until I remember that, you know, back in the day our ancestors just sucked. Alas, I digress yet again. I am going on another small tangent because my dog is sitting next to me and playing with all his toys. I would actually find it so funny to actually record this entire podcast without any edits because I ADHD so hard when I do this because yeah I think I record this whole thing over half a day while I'm doing so many other things for example I've just gone away and I've baked some bread (laughs) so you know it's just like huh oh that's right I'm supposed to be podcasting right now so yeah yeah That helps you guys understand why my tangents are so tangenty and how I can easily get lost and away from MotoGP. Because while MotoGP is like my favourite thing, it's just like, huh, I also do other things other than MotoGP. Which if you're in the Discord server, you may find that hard to believe. Because I'm always there and I'm always talking about MotoGP, even if my name stays blue. So one thing I do want to talk about is merchandise. Why is it so hard for people to buy merchandise? I love me some merchandise. I want to buy all the merchandise. Me and shopping are the reasons I'm so poor. Because I just love shopping. And I want to buy me some MotoGP official shopping. But the quality of the website for MotoGP shopping, which isn't the MotoGP website itself. I think it's owned by someone totally different. That's, it's, it's quite rubbish. And whenever they're like, oh yes, free shipping to all regions, it's never to New Zealand. And that really sucks. Can I get me some free shipping to New Zealand, please, MotoGP? Well, I'm probably sounding a little bit different. I have learnt my lesson. 
I didn't take Lewis for a walk this morning. Sir Lewis, my favourite papa. Um, because he... Because I was talking online to some people and got distracted, so I didn't take him for a walk, so he's got a bit more energy. Unfortunately for me, he just took that energy out on my cable for my microphone. So I had to go and buy a new microphone. I took him for a walk at the same time, so that he is now napping. So I might sound a little bit different, and it's going to take me a little bit to get used to this. I have bought a Razer microphone because it's all they had at the store, and I wanted to get this podcast out. So it's going to take a little bit to get used to and get my background music levels where I want them and sound a bit different, but I digress again because I had to go and do things and I've totally forgotten where I was up to in recording the podcast because it got cut off quite suddenly. So, yes, I think I was talking about Alex Rins, but I'm just going to go back and have to edit this now, which I don't normally do very much of. So, hmm, interesting. I digress. I'll be right back. And then we'll jump back in where we were. No, I was talking about merchandise, which I now have less money for. But yes, I really would like a lot better quality merchandise. I would like merchandise more readily available. I think they probably need to get a new supplier for whoever... Supplier's the wrong word, isn't it? A new distributor for whoever distributes all their merch because at the moment you have to go to several different places to buy merch and that's just really irritating if i have to spend three clicks when i could spend one it's not good enough just like the new moto gp app and the new moto gp website which are just not good enough they're half done and it's really irritating and i want my photographs come on donna you can do better than this you've got the money to do better unless you are in fact broke which probably would explain a lot but please don't be broke because I want to see more racing. Pretty please? Anyway, on the topic of racing, I think it's time I jump in and do my predictions because I'm still in shock about how much money I've just had to spend because my doggo is my doggo. So let's go into predictions. So I will start with Moto3. So I think in P3 is going to be Posa's favourite, Denise Anchu. He was in P3 there last year. I know he is on the back of a high from his win and his strong performances of late, but I think he's only going to manage a P3. I think in P2, he's actually going to be beaten by his teammate, Daniel Holgado, because I just think he's not quite ready for his winning streak that I can see coming. Sorry, Pozza. I think this because... He's just coming back off his break, so he's had time to relax and decompress and things like that. And I think that's going to actually have set him back rather than moved him forward. I think it's going to benefit Holgado more because he's going to look back at the results, see he's still in a really comfortable position. And I think he's just going to have a lot more confidence coming into the second half of the season than Onchu does. Obviously, that could change depending if Anju has signed, hopefully, a Moto2 contract, which I'm really hopeful for. But yeah, we'll wait and see. But I think it's Denise in P3, Holgado in P2. Yes, I did just use one's first name and one's surname. Either way, you know who I mean. In P1, I think we're going to have Jamie Massia. Did I say that right? I'm not too sure. Jamie Massia. Because, yeah, he's very strong. I think he's performing well. I think Silverstone's going to suit him. I just can see it. So, 
Masia P1, Holgado P2, and Onchu P3. On to Moto 2. Now, I do wish that I could put Aaron Kinnett in all the positions all the time. I really want his first win. I think it's probably just purely due to the fact that I have so much respect for his dedication to artwork in regards to his tattoo and like the way it incorporates into the helmet. That plus I love an underdog, so I always want someone, you know, I want to see that on Chu style win. <laughs> I want to see him break that drought, but I haven't put him in my predictions, unfortunately, because I don't think he's going to win and I don't think he's going to podium at Silverstone. Who I do think is going to podium in P3, I think Ayagura. We saw him come back into his form at the end of, well, just before the summer break. I think that's going to boost it of his confidence. I think he's had an extra five weeks for the injury recovery. So I think that now he'll be back to himself and we'll start seeing his talent yet again. I think he's also probably had a few conversations with Honda over the break. So he will be able to build on that confidence. He's probably got himself a GP ride at LCR. And yeah, I think that's going to give him enough of a boost to keep that end of summer break performance going moving forward. I think in P2, we're going to see Pedro Acosta because it's Pedro Acosta. I think he's going to get back to dominating Moto2 after a tiny blip, which is, yeah, I think it's natural that that'll be happening. In P1, I don't have the Acosta arch enemy of Tony Avellino, I have Jake Dixon. I think we all just really want it. Well, I know I do, because I don't like seeing disappointment or cringiness or stuff that's gonna pull at my heartstrings. For example, one thing I really despised seeing this year was after Paul Espargaro's accident, they put the camera on his brother, Ali, and I thought that was disgusting, but I want happy. I want nice, pretty, happy, joyous occasions. For example, when Jake took that win, I want to see that again, except extra British. Maybe we fly a British flag and eat some crumpets and try not to invade anyone else's land. But you know, you never know. If Jake Dixon wins, maybe they'll invade somewhere. So let's not hope for that. <laughs> I don't know how I got so off topic. Um, but yes, I've put Jake Dixon in P1 because it's his home race. He's definitely going to be boosted by his recent winning and his performance of late. So I think that he'll be a strong contender for the win. Like I said earlier, unless he gets in his own head and cracks under the pressure, I think he's got a really solid shot. On to MotoGP. So we'll start with the sprint and... I think that in P3, it's going to be Maverick Vinales from Aprilia. I think his resting and recovery over the winter break, summer break, sorry, it's winter here in New Zealand, so, you know, that's why I think it's winter. Over the summer break, he'll have been able to spend time with his family, he'll be able to have been training more, and hopefully Aprilia will have sorted out, you know, the usual Aprilia accidents. There are liability issues. Hopefully there'll be less of that. I don't want to see no chains breaking. I don't want to see no smoke coming out of that exhaust. I want to see Maverick Vinales on the podium. I want that confidence. I want him to really start stepping into that 
leadership role that I think he'll be able to take on after Alex retires, um, probably at the end of 2024. In P2, I've put Jorge Martin. I think, yeah, his sprint performances, I think they're going to keep coming and coming. I think Silverstone is going to be suited for the Ducatis with the straight, and I think that's going to be, yeah, I'm quite comfortable with that one. I think he's definitely going to podium both days, but I don't think he's going to win the sprint. I think Jack Miller is going to win the sprint. I do think this is Jack Miller's best chance to win a sprint this year, because I think, as I said earlier, that the tyre pressure rules are going to hit him in the face like a punch rather than a slap. I think it's going to really shock his riding style. And so I think that he'll end up cooking his tyres in the sprint at Silverstone, but he'll only get a warning for it. So that'll be quite nice. So I think we'll see Miller on the podium. I want to see the shoey. I won't be able to shoey at the same time. Not that I do. I mean, I'd probably have a glass of wine because I don't really understand why I'd want to drink out of a shoe that I've been wearing all day. But you know, these Australians, they have their traditions. But yeah, I won't be able to do that because like I said, I've got work the next day. But I want to see a shoey. I want to see Jack Miller in P1 in the sprint. Fingers crossed that happens because it'll be really, really entertaining. Now, on to the main race. Now, it's quite hard to make predictions this far out from a race. Um, I know with like the fantasy, goodness knows I play enough. I play fantasy in the Discord server, which is probably my favourite one. I play the regular fantasy on MotoGP, I also play on an app which I can't remember the name of right now, and I also play the MotoGP Guru, Guru one, which is quite new, and still I didn't realise that when you lock your um, people in, you can't change them after you've locked them in, so it's a joke, I put Peko Magnaia for everything, and then it locked and I couldn't change it, so I had Peko coming first, second and third, and given the fact that you know, he performs strongly all the time. I'm sure he could find a way to finish first, second and third. But, you know. But, yes. Because it's so far out, I am predicting rain for the main race. Because this is Britain. And Brits seem to like the rain. So, for that reason, I have put Miguel Oliveira MP3. Please. <laughs> This guy has had the worst luck, the worst season. I really need him to come back and absolutely demolish the other Aprilias, basically. I think he's so talented and such a class act. It's, yeah, I want to see some strong performances because we know he's got the talent. He's just had no luck so far this year. So fingers crossed for a little bit of rain. I'll be doing my rain dance because we all won Ollie in P3. It's wholesome and yeah, it'll give him a boost after all his injuries so far this season. In P2, I've put Peko Bagnaia because I think, yeah, the Ducatis are going to be really suited for this track with the straight, as I said. I think with the tyre regulations, it's going to severely hamper the people behind. So if you're quite close to another rider, you're going to have to back off a bit more due to the heat. So, yeah, that's going to benefit Ducati quite a lot more as well. So, I've put him in P2 because I think, although he's had time to gain more, more, more and more confidence, 
I think he's going to be looking at the championship standings, seeing that he needs to keep banking those points after those mistakes earlier in the season where he came off. And so I think, yeah, P2, because he's not going to push it too hard. P1, I am predicting Jorge Martin. I don't know if it's just because I'm like Jorge Martin fangirling or what it is, but ever since he won that sprint, I'm like, oh, he could actually go on for a title bid here. Which is interesting because I haven't put Brad Binder in my predictions. I'm not too sure why I haven't. I'll have to go back and look at the stats I was looking at to see why. Maybe he hasn't performed strongly at Silverstone, but that KTM's pretty strong. Maybe I'll change my mind. I'm not going to change my mind for the predictions because then I'd have to re-record and I've already spent three hours doing this today because of my dog. <laughs> so yes, let's stick with those predictions for this. Miguel Oliveira P3, Peko Bagnaya P2 and Jorge Martin P1 in the main race. That's what I'm predicting. We'll see if it comes to pass on Sunday. Wow, it's close. This time next week, I will have watched racing. We've all probably watched racing. Yay! <laughs> Ridiculously excited to have the racing back. Not only because, well, I love the racing, but also it'll give me something to talk about because I've been trying to rack my brain of things to talk about and I try not to talk too much shit. And the Silly Season podcast, I'm like, oh my god, none of this is going to come true. But it's Silly Season, so you're allowed to be silly and you're allowed to just play with the rumours because it's so much fun predicting like the outcomes that you know are never going to happen because logistics and politics. But my gosh, is it fun to talk about and think about? Silly Season's got to be one of the favourite times of the year. And it does seem to have started early this year. Maybe they're, you know, taking a look at F1 and the whole... Debris scandal and being like, ooh, that got people a lot of clicks. Donna are like, yes, I see the potential for clickbait. I shall click. <laughs> so they've got that going on, maybe. Obviously, allegedly, I would never consider slandering Donna any more than I have. They do a great job. Just not with the calendar this year because there were lots of things going on outside of their control. Anyway, as always, thanks so much for listening, guys. I'll see you next week where I will be talking about some actual racing. Um, like, subscribe if you haven't. Yeah, I'll chuck all my pictures, credits and audio credits in the description below. Have a lovely week and let's enjoy Silverstone.